really is an honor this morning to have Waldo and Wally here with us, and uh, I saw Kylo Ren, uh, our fairies, uh, there was a dice, I think, and of course, uh, uh, the, the what, what was that? Three hole punch. I thought it was a, a, a three dice. I was going to uh, pick up a bundle and throw him, but uh, three hole punch. Um, and, and, and Rick, where's Rick Elkin? Yeah, I, I don't know what you dressed up like, but it's pretty scary. Good job. Good job. And of course, uh, our, our, our Pharisee who blessed us as we began today when we were talking about having the kids wear their costumes this Sunday, I thought, a uh, pretty good idea, and I, and I almost wore mine. I'm going as Han Solo this year, and I know you're thinking, what a natural choice, really. Uh, uh, often I'm mistaken for a young Harrison Ford. Um, it's fun to dress up, and I'm, and I'm glad uh, to see you all here looking your best. But let's admit, it's a little odd seeing some costumes on Sunday morning. We're not used to it, but, well, maybe we are. Let's be honest for a moment. It's maybe not that odd dressing up on a Sunday morning. We Christians were good at looking like something we're not, acting better than we really are. We, we put on that happy face. We act holier than we know we are. Christians are good at playing dress up. Now, to carry on the Halloween theme into the sermon, our text, we, we chose one that, well, was a little terrifying. Wasn't it? Jesus seeming to play a different role than he normally plays. Jesus, well, kind of yelling at religious leaders. We're, we are not used to seeing Jesus this mad and confrontational. When we decided on our Come to the Table worship series, we expected stories of Jesus sitting at a table with outcasts, with sinners, with those rejected by the world. And that's what we've seen so far. But Jesus at the table this week is a little different. In the other stories, Jesus would declare the truth of our sermon title, the lyric from the song that Andy and Hannah and Grace were singing earlier with the choir, that there is no one unwelcome here. But then there's this story. It may not seem like it, but this too is a table story from the Gospel of Luke. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is always at a table, uh, scenes that other Gospels put Jesus in. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus puts that story at a table. Table is important in this gospel. And here we are at a table again. The, the story began this week with this word, with these words. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee invited him to dine with him. So Jesus went in and took his place at the table. Again, we're at the table. Jesus is here, the invited guest of a Pharisee. But we aren't told what the motivation is for that Pharisee, for inviting Jesus to the table. Maybe he was compelled by Jesus' teachings, curious about what he's heard. Maybe he was offended. Maybe he wants to set Jesus straight. Maybe a little of all of that. Whatever the intention, Jesus' behavior at the table was surely not what was intended. Maybe you, like me, flinched as you heard those words of Jesus. This isn't what we expect. Where is the grace and forgiveness, Jesus? One of the religious lawyers at the table, a scribe, says what everyone else is thinking. Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. I wonder if we thought that as we heard those words today, that we were being insulted too. The confrontation begins, well, seemingly innocently. Jesus doesn't wash his hands before a meal. And I know it's a little gross, 
But before we get too self-righteous, let's admit that the line for coffee fellowship after worship today will be a little longer than the line for hand-washing in the bathroom. (laughs) But this isn't really about hygiene, is it? It's about purity. What have you touched? Who have you touched that makes you unclean? Sitting at table with someone, this was intimate. It's a sign of acceptance. But throughout your day, you, you might come in contact with unclean things, unclean people, accidentally touching someone in the marketplace that wasn't ritually pure. It happens. And so the, the Jewish leaders made a workaround. You're going to come in contact with unclean things. So, so wash your hands so you don't defile yourself at the table. It may prevent germs, but more importantly, it prevented the wrong people from accidentally showing up at the table on your fingers. And Jesus, well, Jesus doesn't wash his hands. He didn't forget. You don't forget things like that. Jesus is picking a fight. Already in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has welcomed in a sinful woman to the Pharisee's table. He's fed the masses. He's dined with people whom a good Jew would not dine. And in our story today, Jesus accepts the Pharisees' invitation not to become buddy-buddy with the religious leaders, but because Jesus has a point to make. And he sits at the table with his unwashed hands, pointing at them, provoking them. When they call him on his lack of hygiene, he lets loose. Now, Andy sent me this week a video from the Princess Bride. As he read this, he thought of that ancient booer yelling, boo, boo. And he heard Jesus saying, whoa, whoa. Maybe it was like that. Jesus is worked up. He's interrupting things. Maybe they laughed at first, wondering what was going on until it started to get personal. Whoa, are you, you fools. You did, did not the one who make the outside make the inside also? Woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe, but you neglect justice. You neglect the love of God. Woe to you. You love to have the seat of honor in the synagogues. You love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. But woe to you. You are like unmarked graves that people walk on top of and they don't even know it. Woe to you, you load people with burdens too hard to bear and then don't lift a finger to help them. Woe to you, you build tombs for the prophets whom your ancestors kill. You talk about how they shouldn't have killed them, but then you build their tombs. You do not only, you not only miss out on the kingdom of God yourself, but you stand in the way of others entering the kingdom. It's no surprise. That Jesus' hosts are indignant. How dare he insult them at their table? And I forgot to include the two verses in our reading that come right after this story. It tells us the Pharisees' reaction. Apparently, Jesus kind of gets up in the middle of the, meat, of the meal, walks outside, and the Pharisees and the scribes begin to be very hostile toward him, we're told. And they're lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. In the Gospel of Luke, this is when things begin to turn dark, when the powers begin to turn on Jesus. Now, normally, normally on Sunday, when we talk about the table, when we invite you to Christ's table, we don't usually say, hey, come on to the table. Jesus has a word for you. Jesus has some confrontation he wants to deal with today at the table. If we advertise that way, well, who would show up? If you thought all would be comfortable and non-confrontational at Jesus' table, well, maybe you shouldn't have invited Jesus to dine with you. 
But we must tread very carefully here, for we need to hear what Jesus is actually saying. Now, we should point out that often Pharisees have just been lumped up into one big ball of anti-Semitism where we will throw all Jews away as if they were hypocritical and stood against Jesus. The Pharisees were nothing more than holy people. They were good people. Their hearts, they tried, they did the best they could with their religion to be pure. They taught in the synagogues. They lived their life sacrificially. They're not bad people. But Jesus' anger is pointed towards them. He's not pointed against their imperfections, the things that they may have done wrong, their perceived unworthiness, their flaws, or even their sin. That's not what Jesus is angry at today. His anger is not directed at who they are, but who rather they claim to be. Because they dare to show up at the table of God in a costume. Now, outside, they dress in their holy robes. For Halloween, they're religious. They're holy. But it's not just cosplay. They believe that the role is who they really are. They believe by acting holy, they become holy. And that they are better than everyone else whom they might accidentally touch on the street outside. When they walk into the marketplace, people say, look, there's a holy man. And they nod and say, yeah. I know. I worked hard on this. If they dressed as Han Solo, well, they think they were the real Han Solo. This is more than just a role. This is who they believe they are. And the plan was that Jesus would come to their table, and he, being a prominent rabbi, would tell them what a good job they were doing. He would reward their generous tithes, which could have even been funding part of his ministry. He would praise them for being holy examples to others. But Jesus isn't judging a costume contest today. He's preparing a table of justice. And he sees right through those holy robes, their law-keeping, their hand-washing, their religious beliefs. Underneath that costume of holiness, he sees what is really there. They are an unwashed cup, he says, an unmarked grave. They're filled with hate and bigotry. They focus on the wrong side, on the outside, and didn't deal with what was inside. They pretend they're holy by declaring that others are not. They justify their place at the table by keeping other people away from the table of God. And if there's anything that will set Jesus off, it's keeping someone from his table. I don't know what it is with God and tables, but when the prophets picture what the kingdom of God looks like, it's always a big feast at a table where every nation, tribe, and tongue come together to dine, to eat their fill. That's why we still gather at tables. What would church be without tables? I know we think pews are the most sacred thing in our church, but table is what makes us church. This table, those tables, the tables we gather around in the community— Jesus invites us to the table not to be holy, but to be who we really are. If you've got a Halloween costume on, well, that's fine. But if you're wearing a religious costume today, that is not okay. If you think that your skin color, your religious beliefs, your sex, your orientation, your money, your power, your knowledge, your good behavior, if you think all of this makes you worthy of an invitation to dine with Jesus Think again, your costumes may fool others and yourself, but never God. But there's good news today. Maybe in hearing all the yelling from Jesus, we didn't realize this was good news. 
that hear this message, that you don't have to wear a costume. You don't have to wash your hands. You don't have to have it together. And neither does anyone else. For this is Christ's table, not the church's table. And though the religious leaders invited him, Christ commandeered that table so that we would know that this is a table of justice. And everyone is welcome here. Amen.